if you've lost your mojo, or worse still, you're picking arguments and having sleepless nights, could it be that something about your business, your career, needs a little tweaking or completely changing? This is Make It Real. I'm your host and chief unsquasher, Tricia Lewis. This podcast is for you if you'd like to grow your business and brand without squashing your soul. Communication and confidence tips galore. Yes! My guest today is Shoma Ghosh. She is a careers advisor and the host of Career Happiness. Brilliant podcast. So, She's very real. She's not all about fluffy, happy, happy. She's about practical tips, but making sure you are looking after your mental and general well-being as you work. Let's get going. So let's get into some lovely, happy stuff. (laughs) Shoma, I have been practicing how to pronounce this name because names are tricky things. Um, Somebody once called me Tertia instead of Tricia. So, I mean, anybody can, anybody can get names wrong. So, yeah, Shoma Ghosh. It is a delight to have you. And uh, this whole being happy at work thing seems to be like an increasingly important thing to be having conversations about, would you mm. say? Yes, definitely. Definitely. It's so important especially now yeah I know I know we just had mental health awareness day but I mean every day should be mental health awareness day don't you think total agreement I actually just uh, did a tweet about that that I will continue to talk about mental health regardless of what day it is Um, and and I don't think a day is enough (laughs) to talk about it to be honest no it's not yeah no let's so let's so let's let's do a bit of that because we're going to be you know, it is. It is what 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 this isn't is a fluffy um, <laughs> ten ways to have your dream come true conversation because you're a realist. So when we talk about career happiness, um, you know, being happy at work, well being at work, we're not we're not talking about some kind of um, unrealistic dream, yeah, are we? No. No, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> so let's so let's let's see what it does entail. Um, first of all, I'm quite intrigued because your various long list of qualifications and experience <laughs> include um, well, you, you've the career guidance, obviously your PG diploma in that, fabulous. But then also psychology. You've got degrees in psychology and criminology, which is like I so would like to do that. I think I might have might be running out of time now but um yeah that sounds fascinating so how did that all happen where where, which came first the chicken or the egg you know what what happened so it's very interesting because I was being interviewed yesterday for someone's book Trisha and I was going over the story and um she was quite surprised and you're probably going to be quite surprised actually initially when I was a child my dream job was to be a writer I was obsessed with being a writer and um, my favourite author was Roald Dahl. Loved him. Loved Matilda. Loved witches. I was kind of one of those kids that was into more kind of alternative stories. You know, I loved that, and I could relate to that. 
but obviously my mum she's a teacher and you know and my dad was a lawyer and you know he passed away when I was a child so the logic part came in <laughs> and then what ended up happening is as I was studying when I was about 17 18 I was picking my A-levels I realized oh psychology there's this subject called psychology working with people doing things with people I want to be a child psychologist so I had this idea to be a child psychologist wanted to kind of do that did my psychology and criminology degree the psychology was the major part of my degree and the criminology was the minor initially I did a sociology minor because I did sociology a level and I thought it was going to be the same it was not the same <laughs> it was just not for me and I really really enjoyed that part because the psychology was very much very scientific all about the brain functions everything you know my optional module, which was one of my favourite modules, funny that you talk about mental health, was the mental health module that we did. And it really helped me root and think, oh, do I want to go into clinical psychology? Do I want to do that? But psychotherapy became this job for me, this career for me, Trisha, that was like, I'm going to do it. So basically what happened after I did my degree <laughs> is I applied after working in mind temporarily to do this um, psychodynamic diploma it didn't work out I wasn't accepted because I was still very young and you need a lot of life experience to do that which you know I think they kind of misled me a bit I, I didn't really you know I was a bit too enthusiastic you are when you're 23 22 you think you have all these plans and ideas so yeah, I did, um, I worked for Ma Mind and I worked for Bernardo's and what, um, to, like as a volunteer. And what I realized is, hang on a minute, I love working with people. I really, really want to work with people. And this idea of either doing an occupational psychology master's came up or careers guidance. And I took the initiative and this is how geeky and initiative wise I am. And I phoned my local careers advice service and I spoke to a careers advisor there and I said, look, I'm having an interview to do this postgraduate course. What's expected? What's the job really like? And he gave me half an hour of his time. He was such a lovely man. And I was like, actually, I think I want to do this. So I went there, did the postgraduate course. And then ultimately what actually ended up happening is I really, really discovered that I actually, because I had this again, it's all about the ideas you have in your head when you do degrees. I thought I was going to be working in university, giving careers advice to university students and all this like stuff. And when I did my work experience in a brilliant school in East London, I was like, no, I actually think I want to work with young people. So it flipped a little bit and I ended up working in schools and colleges. And so that's kind of how I ended up becoming a careers advisor, basically, in a nutshell. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's, I love that. Uh, it's still a heck of a lot more connected up, I think, than some people's. This, this is an interesting thing to start with because mm. because we're talking about how people get to do what they do. Yeah. There's, I think, quite an interesting layer to explore for a moment in, in before we get on to how to be happy yeah. um, is that sort of sense of where you're coming from you mentioned your parents your environment obviously influenced yeah. I in a way I suppose I could say I was going on about wanting to be an actor 
that wasn't particularly approved of in my environment. So it's that kind of creative, especially going back a few years, me longer than you, but that that was always a risky career choice. Oh, no, no, no. Um, but so, so you've got the environment you grow up in. You've got sort of societal do's and don'ts and pressures and, you know, the illusion of what makes a good career, what what isn't. And somehow we've got to we've got to not end up beating ourselves up for taking routes that don't necessarily seem to be connected up very well or particularly planned or necessarily what other people are saying we should do so starting right from that base camp how do we remain buoyant and in touch with ourselves what 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 do you mean by that? Can you tell me? I mean, you, so context? how do we how do we stop ourselves getting drawn into a career path? <laughs> a, okay. I'm putting career, by the way, everybody in inverted commas. If you're not okay. watching, a career path. How do we get? You know, you go to school. Everybody's doing this. Oh, you should do that. Uh, this is what everyone's doing at uni. And before you know it, you've kind of gone. You're already being flattened in terms of happiness well this is a really really interesting question you're asking me Trisha because as well as my business the career happiness mentor I do freelance work still in schools and I had a very illuminating week last week where I was giving careers guidance virtually to a private school um, in kind of south London and there were a couple of students who had you know particular conventional careers like you know, medicine, engineering, dentistry, all of those kind of conventional careers in place. But yet some of them were displaying a lot of creativity. And the whole purpose of a careers advisor, and when a careers advisor does a session with a young person or even an older person, because I work with professional women, is to try and make them more broad-minded about things. So if you're in a position where you are being maybe you know, given a little bit of a nudge from your parents or family that you must do this or you must do that. That is going to happen. We actually study this within careers counselling, where this is called the influences part of within careers counselling. And what's really, really interesting to note about this is, although my mum wanted me to go and have a degree, and that was very important for her, and you know, academia and study was important, you know, my sister was the academic one, because she's the accountant, and I was more of the creative artsy one. But the reason why she gave me free reign to pick whatever I wanted is because she could see as a teacher, because she was in education, that that would suit my personality more, Trisha. And the thing about unconventional careers, we're living in a time now, Trisha, where it's very exciting. We've got, you know, people having portfolio careers, people doing all sorts of different things. And I think if somebody wants to do something unconventional, let's say they actually want to be a drama teacher, let's put it out there, right? Straight away, they've got that idea. Not English, not science, drama teacher, right? It may not sound unconventional, but they may not want to become an actor and they want to study drama and they come from a culture like mine, right? That could be a bit of a, a sore point with some parents in my community, I'm not going to lie. But the way to evoke that, the way to represent un unconventional careers is to put time and consistency into it. And what I mean by that is I think when people want to even start a business, there are a lot of things around, oh, don't do that, don't do this, right? 
And for me personally, what I find with my clients who are in this position, so suppose you know, a lot of them are from the IT world or they're from, you know, science world, STEM world. What tends to happen is they want to go and become an interior designer or they want to start a business. They want to maybe have a cake business, something like that. What tends to happen is they are actually listening to the external environment around them and they're not going out and actually hanging out with people who are already in that environment. So the first thing I would say is try to surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to do. That's my first kind of tip. The second kind of tip I would say is this is where you need to do, uh, I don't want to sound like, you know, a coach here because I'm not a coach, I'm a careers advisor, but this is where you need to do some of your own mindset work and change your beliefs. So the key thing I say, and I don't think this is woo-woo and I've had to really change my mindset around this, is affirmations scientifically are proven to work on you, right? They are. There's scientific evidence around it is to think of your own affirmations that aligned with you, right? So one of my biggest fears was when I was, you know, in my career is, oh, you know, the fact that who is going to believe in my business? Who is going to believe in me? So that was an affirmation of mine that I had to work on. Affirmations is the other thing that I would suggest, personalized ones for you. And one book that I would recommend, Trisha, that goes into detail around this is Dr. Chatterjee's Stress Solutions. It talks about the science behind affirmations and how they're powerful. And I know that, that sounds like nothing to do with your careers, but the, but the way that I do my work, it's very holistic. It's not just about careers advice. It's about health. It's about well-being, everything. And the last point I want to say around this as well is that if somebody is feeling as though they want to do something unconventional, then they need to firstly experience that. So not only being around the people, but going somewhere and really experience like shadowing or really seeing with like day to day. Because if you can't envision yourself doing something unconventional, chances are once you've done the qualifications, if you know there isn't pra practical elements involved, you're not going to like it. And then it's just not going to be worth the career change. So yeah, that's what I would kind of say. I, I love that. Yeah, no, that that is absolutely, I knew I'd get a brilliant answer to that question. Um, can you just repeat the name of that book you mentioned, Dr. Yes. Chatterjee? Yeah. So Dr. Rongan Chatterjee. Um, can you spell that? C-H-A-T-T-J-I. Something like E-R-G-E-E. -E yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's called Dr. Stress Solutions, yeah? Yeah, his book's called Stress Solution. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. I'll put a link, I'll put a link, obviously. No, I, yeah. lo I love that. I love all, all of this. The, it, it, you've said the word holistic. I mean, we can't have, I, you wouldn't be on this podcast if you weren't thinking <laughs> great, like that, okay? Because um, if I had a some kind of, I, I, they shouldn't even exist, career guidance people who are not thinking holistically because that would be ah, a crime, <laughs> uh, criminology. We're back to that. So um so this is great. I, I absolutely love it. So this is that was the piece I wanted to get into about because I talk a lot about, you know, the societal environment mm -hmm. and baggage pressures that that take us down squashing avenues, basically, if we're not careful. Um, and it, it can happen. It can happen at both extremes. You can you can think, oh, I'm going to do something radical, crazy, rebellious uh, because I want to be crazy and rebellious. And you think you're you think you're doing your thing. Yes, here I go. But actually, in a way, that's 
that's just on the same spectrum, only in a different place. You're still not really being true to you. Does does that make sense to you? You yes, yeah. totally. It totally makes sense. I totally agree with that. Yeah. 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 So that so so watch out for those little voices, little traps, little this doesn't feel quite right. Why am I doing this? Mindfulness, etc. So now we've we've got into some kind of pattern. Now, when you it's interesting actually, when you talk about career. Would you include <laughs> would you include somebody setting up their own business, a freelancer, an entrepreneur? Does that come under the career label? I do. And, you know, as as you all know, Tricia, because you've been on my podcast, on my podcast, I talk about the careers advice for professional women, because that's who I work with. I have business episodes um, and I talk to business owners as well. But I also um, talk, do episodes because I work parents of teenagers, especially for them. And the business part, I feel, is a huge part that is overlooked, not just in schools. I've spoken about this a lot in schools, like on my podcast, about, about the fact that kids, there are a lot of kids who are actually interested in business. And I'm not saying necessarily they should go off and start a business after they finish school. But there is a lot of, I think, scope to start a business. And I actually think the umbrella of the career should include being a freelancer, having a business, because you could be a graphic designer, you could be somebody who um, is a contractor and is on purpose a contractor because, you know, there are a lot of benefits to being a contractor, like the money. But what people don't necessarily envision about being a contractor is that the lifestyle for you will be full on. You're going to have to work very, very long hours. So, yes, definitely I would include that under the bracket of career because business is something that I think so many people want to do and they're too scared to even dream about it because you're so convinced to do the whole um, track or have a job, get a business. So um, it's so important to talk about business, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I like that. I like that because I do. You're absolutely right. The world has changed. So the 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 days that I grew up in, that <laughs> most women women weren't even supposed to have a career. I'm doing lots of inverted commas now, everybody. Um, but you know, let alone that. So, but careers were very much defined as you start at the bottom of the ladder and you work your way up, do it, do it, do it, and eventually you get to retirement age and you get given the clock or something like that. So um, that was that was careers. Very rarely did the whole entrepreneurship in any way, shape or form get talked about and certainly not um, portfolio, you know, the, the idea of portfolio careers. God, I'm using a lot of inverted commas today. Um, <laughs> the, the the idea of actually, oh no, I went I went sidetrack. Yeah, portfolio careers, as in I'm doing a bit of this and I do a bit of that and I do a bit of this. That was very much um, a poor man's career path. That that was thought of as being oh you 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 can't really you're not really good enough to do anything properly then. Mm -hmm. True, true, good, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I hope that message is changing. Yeah, no, no I think it's definitely changing because it's it's showing someone who, who has a broader spectrum of skills and abilities so that they can have a portfolio career because people, the number one thing, and obviously we discovered this during COVID, is flexibility. People want flexibility regardless of whether they have a family or not. They need it in order to 
thrive and be on top of things. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So which segues completely into mental, well, you know, well-being at work and happiness, because because if we are if we are the if we are lazy language, but if we are the type of personality who actually works best with a variety of different um, things that we're doing. okay, lazy language, everybody. Sorry. Then if we try and force ourselves to give this up and give that up because we we really have to stay on these tram lines in order to build this career Mm. then guess what everybody you're probably not going to end up very happy or mentally um fulfilled and you are going to be in a battle with yourself because you're basically Mm -hmm. saying i can't do this even although i would love to yeah 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 definitely so how do we is I'm I'm absolutely sure this will be something that you you work with people a lot on. So is there a is there a point at which you can spot the symptoms of not having well-being and happiness in what you are doing as a career? This is a big question, so I'm going to condense it. Condense it. <laughs> I could go on a tangent. I could go on a tangent with this one, Trisha, because I'm also very passionate about. Yeah, the the big um, ones. The, you know, yeah, because that because it all yeah. starts with self awareness, doesn't it? I mean, all. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And the big ones are, for example, if you are somebody who um, is quite sociable, so maybe you you know you go out with your friends on the weekend, or you spend a lot of time with your family, and you're withdrawing. So what I mean by that is that oh okay yeah I don't want to go out tonight I'm just going to sit and watch the tv or just be on my phone for like four hours endlessly and not actually move from the sofa or stay in bed so staying in bed is another one so on the weekend if you are very active and you're lying until 11 12 you know again that's inactivity is what I would say there Trisha so being inactive as well is another one another symptom I would say as well of spotting the signs of unhappiness at work is has your behavior changed in general with your family and friends so what I mean by that is when I was unhappy at work and I was was in a situation where I was being bullied and I see this with my clients as well is that you know you may actually get into more arguments with your partner or your families not intentionally but because you're not in a good mental space and so as a result of that your relationship may change with them you may be a bit more rattier and you may just like not want to spend time with them, on, on, with them and just want to be in your own little bubble. That's another one. And I'd also say maybe some of the symptoms are lack of sleep. So oversleep and lack of sleep, <laughs> eating rubbish. So, you know, going into your snack cupboard if you've got one and maybe like rummaging through and eating a lot of food or skipping food. That's the other thing I would say as well. So, yeah quite quite a few different things Trisha yeah yeah uh, absolutely that no that's really uh, that is a really good list actually Mm. so we've we've spotted this um what can we now do so now I guess that the the trap we might fall into is the fight and flight and freeze one yeah basically yeah yeah. Mm. Mm. definitely yeah so should we so, so how do we keep that in check? So how do we, so I, I assume it's not a good idea to just wake up one morning and think I'm 
fed up with what I'm doing. I'm chucking a lot of it. I'm going to travel around the world as a backpacker and, you know, uh, whatever. Um, But equally, it's not good to just say, look, uh, I'll plod on, I'll plod on, I'll plod on for a bit longer. So uh, how do you start to unravel this a bit in terms of your (laughs) well-being and your happiness? So, so you know what everybody is so different with this one because I've had some clients who as I've been working with them they've left their job whilst I've been you know mentoring them and supporting them and then I've had other clients who and you know within weeks and I've had other clients who after I've worked with them a few months later they have then quit their job but the process I would say is different for everyone and the reason I say that is because we are all different and when I'm doing careers counseling I have a very bespoke approach. No one person is the same, Trisha. But what I would also say is that for people to fully understand if they want to quit or not, and for some people, that can be the biggest (laughs) challenge because it denies them sometimes. You know, if they're earning, let's say if they're earning over 50K and they have a family to support, um, their lifestyle may have to change if they want to change their career. Or if it's a case where they want to stay in their career, but they want a job that gives them more of the values that they're looking for. So suppose they're working for corporate and they want to work for a social enterprise or they want to work for a charity. What are going to be the compromises there? And can they look for a job whilst they're in their current job? What are the strategies? I kind of call it the exit strategy, but I also call it the fact that they, if they're especially trying to also manage their mental health, if they're feeling depressed, you know, have they gone to their doctor? Are they seeing a counsellor? Are they also considering alternative therapies? So, you know, things like, um, you know, hypnotherapy can sometimes be really, really helpful. Um, Having healing like Reiki. And I know that might sound woo-woo, but for some people, they need that on top of counselling because it's not enough to go and see a counsellor. And the reason why I'm saying that is because there are two routes to going a counsellor. You can get the referral from your GP or you can go privately where you're, finding your own counsellor that you have um, common values and things with. But I would say it's a process where you have to think logically, plan a little bit. I know nobody likes that word plan, but you have to be practical and real here. And lastly, I would say is that you need to think about if your mental health is very like suffering a lot, what can you do sooner rather than later but also especially with everything going on with the you know Mm. um crisis like you know Mm. energy crisis and everything what can you do so then you're not out of pocket as well because you've got to be even more practical now and looking at your budget and doing a review of that one weekend and spending time and if money is not your thing getting a friend or somebody to help you with that like going to see the citizens advice bureau and things like that if numbers is not your your thing you know yeah no, I, I I love that you're right. These are these are really tricky times, and and yeah, and and this holistic thing that we keep coming back to, yeah, because because you might discover that actually your unhappiness at work is actually more to do with some unhappiness in some other part yeah. of your environment, and that but you're assuming it's work or vice versa, I guess. Yes. So yes. So hence, you know, practically think through before making a, a sudden leap, but 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 obviously do something because it, I'm sure terribly um, 
Yes, nervous breakdowns and all those things happen. <laughs> that is for absolute certain. Um, and you don't want ideally to let it get to that stage. So, Nothing. you know, um, and presumably find people you can talk to. And some people will have sympathetic bosses and some people won't. I'm sure that's the case. Yeah. So what about the situations that I, I mean, I've heard loads of stories. I've had a little bit of experience, but mainly some friends I know who've been through this horrible politics at work. And I guess it can happen as a self-employed person because you could be going to networking things or even being slightly trolled on social media there's 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 a similar sort of place where you just are are feeling very uncomfortable with the people around you um what 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 do you recommend (laughs) that's a big question too well I mean what's the process to to spot it first of all I guess do you mean like spot like toxic managers yeah, and things like that and yeah. people oh this is a very big question but it also is something that I, I think is so important to spot and um, I was listening to a podcast this morning actually where another careers podcast where they were talking about one of the biggest problems at work is when you have a terrible boss and your boss not only makes you feel like crap at work and what I mean by that undermines you at every turn but also when your boss is not encouraging you to develop Trisha so some of the signs I would say is somebody that just doesn't respect you and respect is a huge word because it should be a reciprocal relationship Mm. it shouldn't be just your manager respecting you you should respect them but respect is earned right that's my belief especially in the workplace and so if you're working with a leader and it might not just be your manager. It could be the CEO of your company who, you have, who has to oversee some of your work, you don't know, or some other higher upper who, um, because maybe you're a bit younger. I mean, this used to happen to me a lot and it happens to my clients. But when you look younger for your age, they question your qualifications. They question who you are. And so they might even be a bit more harsher at you. They might on purpose give you something really difficult to do deliberately to test you because this is something that used to happen to me a lot and I know it's happened to my clients they'll be given the most crappiest piece of work to do so that <laughs> they yep. can see if they can handle it basically so that's one sign I would say another sign is language so if the person is talking to you abruptly if they shout at you this has happened you know before with some of the people I've known um if they you know, are even sending you emails at like, let's say nine o'clock at night and expecting you to answer them. You know, there was somebody that I know, she had a situation where I'm laughing, but it's not funny in an ironic way. Like literally on her phone, she was messaging her. And so she would email her and say, so have you looked at that? And then she wouldn't send her another message and go, have you looked at that? Because she, yeah, I know, I know, totally cringy. But there are micromanagers like that as well. And Anybody that you see who is, you know what you talk about with the quashing prophecy, Trisha, anyone who is quashing your ability to be yourself. I can't I can't go on about this enough, but anyone who is making you feel as though you can't be yourself, because that to me means that you're not going to be yourself at work and you're going to come and dim your light. You're going to not speak up. You're going to um, let things slide when something's not okay. And your personality will change as a result 
or day-to-day life but those are those are just some of the things I mean I could go on and on that that is that is perfect absolutely perfect This is this is fabulously useful. This is really rich. Thank you so oh. much for sharing sharing all this. I, I'm I was going to ask you about. I think you've got this. Do you call it the four pillars of career happiness? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. With in like real brevity, uh, because people can go and find out more about this by looking yeah. at your website and and connecting mm. with you. But literally, what are the four pillars? <laughs> Four pillars are clarity, <laughs> confidence, well-being, and support. Yeah. Well, let's just say that again. Um, clarity, confidence, well-being, and support. And support. Fantastic. And we we've covered a, a, a wealth of of thoughts to get people um yeah, really getting that. And also, I think all the way through, it occurred to me that it was just as relevant in many ways to people running their own business, because the toxic bo- boss, in that case, if you're a solopreneur or whatever we want to call, um, you know, a one man, woman, band, um, then yeah. you've got either yeah. you, you are your boss, as in, are you being toxic yeah. to yeah. yourself? Or you've got somebody mm-hmm. close family who isn't doing you any favors yeah. um and not supporting you and dimming your light uh so it, it applies across the board so i i like oh that. yes definitely okay so awesome. i'm gonna wrap up by asking these uh couple of questions which i uh, um, i try to remember to ask all my guests one of them is is there a myth that you can bust in the sphere in which you work oh there are a lot of myths (laughs) but I think one of the myths that kind of comes to mind to me is that this this might seem like an obvious one um but the one that you know about you are too old to change your career or change what you're doing and the one of the reasons why I think that is a huge myth is not because I just know family and other people who change their career in later life after the age of 50 or 60 but because I think often we as a society can be quite negative about career change and we often perceive it to be this thing that you know you've got to be like plucky and in your 30s or a graduate and then you change it Um, and part of the reason why I also think it's a myth as well Trisha is I can't help but feel that so many of us want to change what we're doing whether that's a career start a business whatever it is but there's two things I think that really really stop us procrastination obviously fear and what other people will say and think so yeah but definitely definitely yeah yeah that I love that I mean fear yeah fear (laughs) is one of my 
big topics um because yeah. it because it is it just is it's human 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 stuff um now i love that because being an old person um i i like to feel that i can you know <laughs> i can even make a change now if i feel like it goodness me it's never too late no absolutely that that and it is it is a good myth to bust and what if the this is a very hard question but there's just one tip that you could have our listeners kind of yeah. mull over what would that be oh you know what this is a really interesting one I think for me the the thing that I can think of and I don't want to I don't want to make it all like just about positivity but one of the myths well so one of the things that I would say like a tip is for you to try and and squash a fear that you have and what I mean by that is that for example you know like when you're in a process of the fact that you want to be more visible in your business for example let's say that as an as a tip as an example and you think you know you're comparing yourself to other people who are in your niche and you're thinking oh you know they've made it to that list they've won that award that's never going to be me right the one tip that i would say is to concentrate on the results in your business and to not look at what other people are doing and i know that might sound very very simple but i find trisha that sometimes when i'm when i've been in that comparison bubble we all get it sometimes like all business owners and even people in jobs get it we can tend to not stay in our gratitude we can tend to look at what other people are doing and forget actually oh i was included on that list or somebody mentioned my website or in a in in the bbc or whatever you know um or just in a local newspaper or something like i actually did something credible where i got good feedback right so what the, the main tip i would say especially for business owners is to look at the achievements you've accomplished and even if that means being in the first year of your business what have you done because the first year of your business is going to look different to the seventh year of your business and hopefully you will get to that but i think often the stumbling block is and another thing I want to say around this, the stumbling block is, and I see this a lot with businesses, especially we see this on LinkedIn, right? Is that people are like, oh, I haven't got like, you know, I'm not on one of those LinkedIn change maker lists. I want to be there, right? And although, yes, it's brilliant if you make it, and I have a lot of admiration for some of the people who are on those lists, sometimes it's almost like, you know, when if you were digging a hole, um somewhere and you're going and you're going and you're going and you're endlessly making things worse for yourself by just concentrating on numbers and not seeing the people who are already in your network that you can connect with you're actually doing more harm than good and that's the other thing i would say another tip yeah <laughs> that's what i would say that is fabulous. I uh, well, I mean, you're speaking my language here 100%. <laughs> I mean, we discovered this because, listeners, I'm, I've also been interviewed by Shoma for her podcast, Career Happiness, um, which yeah, when you listen to this, it'll be coming out maybe in a week or so or whatever, but keep, keep an eye out for her podcast. And on that note, um, to wrap up, wrap up, just give our listeners an idea of um, where they, the, the various bits that they can connect with you on. So we, you've got the podcast, your website, LinkedIn. Yeah. So, the, I mean, the main social media platform that I'm on 
but mostly is um, LinkedIn. I'm on there pretty much every day. Um, and it's probably my favorite platform. And that's how I met you, Trisha. Um, obviously, you've got my podcast, the Career Happiness Podcast, which is available on all podcast platforms. Um, and I am on Instagram as well. I do use it. But I also have a separate podcast account for my Twitter, which is just at Career Happy Pod. And I'm on Twitter quite a lot as well at um, SG Careers 27. So, yeah, that's where you can find me online. And obviously my website, www.shawmagosh.com. Excellent. Yes, lots. Yeah, go, go check all that out, listeners, because um, you you can hear this is uh, somebody who's talking reality um, with a lot of <laughs> background and experience and, um, you know, knowledge, but also, yeah, like the name of this podcast, making it real. Oh, yeah, that's a good wrap up. Oh, my <laughs> goodness me. Thank you so, so much because uh, there, there is you have given a lot of wealth in there and a lot oh, to think about. That's okay. Yeah. And, I, and I kind hope, of, I hope yeah, it's, well, it is. I mean, these, these are really, really, really difficult times. And I say that as somebody who is comparatively protected from a lot of, you know, I'm older, um yeah. you know so I'm at a different phase in my life <laughs> the next thing I'll be worrying about is you know care home bills but no um I exaggerated oh, slightly yeah. listen but you know I mean I, I just can feel it yeah. all around it's not just the practical which is hideous if you're literally having to worry about food on table stuff of course ultimately Maslow's hierarchy you know forget it um but it's the it's the general stress of what we're reading in the news and hearing all the time and it's it yeah, it's yeah, just feels yeah. all a bit you know there must be days when all of us feel a bit oh crikey what's the point you know and and I guess and yeah. it sounds really idealistic but you know I just go for a walk around the block and try and find a tree mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but you know what, Trisha, it's interesting you mentioned Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You should watch. I'll send you the link because um, um, I'm going for a walk after this, um, uh, where T- Stephen Bartlett talks to Simon Sinex, um, you know, the, the, the guy who wrote um, What Is Your Why? And he's he was talking about how he thinks the hierarchy of needs doesn't exist anymore because lately everything is about with self-development is just about yourself when actually what we should be doing Trisha is we should be helping people to help each other and have that community spirit which is missing now I mean he explains it a lot better than me you need to watch the 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 podcast what he says is really powerful um and he's saying that actually everything is becoming about the self and not about us and that's where we're going wrong and that's why so many people who are young are suffering from anxiety and depression and it really resonated with me Trisha because I think now one of the main reasons why we're, all of us are struggling is because we're isolating ourselves and we shouldn't really be isolating ourselves I'm talking about my generation millennials and gen, gen Zers. we're too on <laughs> we're too on this but we should be getting involved and maybe learning a little bit more from um, your 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 generation and, and beyond, I think a little bit, a little bit at least. That's what I think. Intergenerational, I definitely am a, a fan of, and you you are absolutely right. And that's a, a nice that's what we call a bit of a postscript, listeners, um, because in a way <laughs> we're just having a chat. Um, but, <laughs> but 
you you you've got it too so thank you very very much Shomar and um yeah look forward to chatting more okay awesome thank you so much Trisha thank you <laughs> yes and of course foundational to all of this is you showing up to share as your unsquashed self Want to know more about what that entails? Then head over to trishalewis.com and go to the Unsquasher Project tab on the menu or trishalewis.com forward slash unsquasher dash project. Join me for the next episode, either one of my five minute three step episodes or another cracking interview.